Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a treehouse. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. Welcome to At Happy Home. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Yeah. I never know what day Tuesday. it is. Tuesday. Because we... New episodes every Tuesday. That's true. That's very true. We've but been we, doing this for almost a year. I know. <laughs> I always forget because we do stuff, on, we work on the weekends sometimes and during That's the week. True. So There are no days. Yes. But so, did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. Or midweek or whatever it was. <laughs> it was no, I mean we did have some good relaxing time, but the the weather's been changing, so it actually feels a lot more like where I grew up. I grew up in Vancouver and then I spent a lot of time up in Calgary. And I remember my first year going to university in Calgary when fall was turning oh, to winter. I love that season. Leaves are turning brown and all the leaves are brown mm, and so, so romantic. romantic. I know those aren't the words, but that's but, what we uh, think. That's what we think the words are. <laughs> But also just that feeling, that cool crispness to the air. I'm not a fan of cold, but there's something about that coolness that I really like. I like when it's cold enough to wear a sweater. And I'm wearing a sweater now, but I'm so sweaty. Wait, is this a sweater or a skirt? Because I can never remember. It's a sweater dress. dress. Sweater dress, okay. Um, Or on me, it would be a crop top. Yeah, like if you feel, here, put your arms right here. No. Come on. If you love me. In your armpit? I'll show you how... It's like cool, nice and cool outside, but it's like sweaty in here. Oh, why would you do that to me? <laughs> Just so you know how I feel. I got to disinfect my hand. <laughs> Can you why. believe we've been doing the podcast for almost a year? That's weird. That is crazy, hey? That is. Man, time wait, what flies. month is it? It's November. <laughs> it is. But I mean, we started recording December of last year. Yeah. And so, wow. Well, you guys have been, it's been a lot of fun for us and- Actually, the conversations we've had with a lot of our guests too, it helps us grow, but it also helps us reflect on how we were raised mm-hmm. and sort of our relationship and, yeah. and everything. So it's been well, a lot of fun. What I love about it is that you guys know Drew for designing houses and you know helping families with their homes. But with this podcast, we get to go beyond just the design and we get to look at all of the other things that make a house a home. Yeah. I mean, also the way different spaces affect you and the energy you have in your home and how that affects relationships and how you are in your productivity in your day. And- mm-hmm. Ooh, that would be a good episode. Cause like, oh, so can you read my mind? Yeah. Can you read my mind? Nobody can <laughs> read your mind what you're so thinking. When you were saying like the, the ener- what did you say? The energy. The energy of the home. space. Yeah. So I know everyone's felt this, like you walk into a room and you're like, Ooh, like you, like don't you know either why get like a great feeling yeah. or like a gross feeling. And I remember I walked into this, hotel room once. I don't know what it was, but I had to leave. Like it just felt, the air just felt so thick and it wasn't cause someone farted, <laughs> but like, I just had to get out of there. Did you find out like, was there like a murder in the room or oh, I don't know. a zombie apocalypse in that room? I don't know. 
when you think of the senses as well in, in a home space. So sometimes, you know, we'll be over, you know, at a friend's place and they cook dinner and there's one smell that throws me back to my childhood. Garlic. Garlic. No, it'd be like <laughs> chocolate chip cookies or actually for my childhood, it'd be something like dad making us tomato soup uh, to watch our cartoons. I remember running home from school and then I would get a bowl of like instant noodles or cereal and plop down on the floor uh, at the coffee table and watch Young and the Restless. I know it's weird, like elementary school child you watching watch, Young and the Restless. Why yeah, would you I, watch soap I have three operas. older sisters, okay? Oh my I watched all the, all the good bad shows, like Young and the Restless, Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place. Oh, wow. So that shaped your childhood. And also uh, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. I grew up watching both Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, oh, too. And Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek and our, our hearts are with his family and... I, I think he's such an amazing guy. If you learn more about him and his life and sort of his dedication to to people, he's, he built a community. But I remember thinking, I want to be smart enough to be on Jeopardy one day. Yeah, I remember, I think in my entire lifetime, I've probably gotten like a handful of questions right. Mm-hmm. And anytime that would happen, I'd be like, yes, I know something. Well, that's that, it always bugged me, Brad, <laughs> our, our, one of our best friends, Brad the Brain, and he was we would watch Jeopardy together and he would answer every question. This is first year university. He would get the questions correct before they do on screen. And that always blew my mind. I'm like, yeah. those people are given sort of topics or something and you're coming up with this just randomly. You're too smart. So good. Uh, speaking of brain, another show I ran home to watch, Animaniacs. Oh, and Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, Pinky and the Brain. Uh, you are Dot. Is, I'm Dot, thank you. Yeah. I love Dot. Who am I? You are, you're definitely Yakko. Why, I talk too much? you can't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our guest this week. It's super exciting for us. And, and this is that nostalgic part of home because Rob Paulson has been the voice for so many characters in so many animated productions that we grew up on from Ninja Turtles to Animaniacs. And it's really funny talking with Rob because he'll just break into a voice that reminds me of when I was 10 years old. I am so excited for the relaunch of Animaniacs on Hulu. This is something, I mean, Linda and I lived on Animaniacs as kids. You're all going to love Rob Paulson because he is so infectious with his optimism. We had so many laughs in this chat. Narf. Narf. <laughs> you, you do is better that better? Do. Yeah. This right, is Rob Paulson. <laughs> Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not (laughs) mine. Help protect what matters most with all this plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Again, the cool thing about this gig that I've been lucky enough to 
to do um, is that nobody cares what you look like. Um, and when I was a young actor, um, surrounded by literally a hundred actors at an audition who could have been a relative. I mean, we all were average looking Caucasian boys from all over the country. Um, and now if I were doing on camera stuff as much, I love doing it. And, um, when it comes up, I, I jump at it. But if I had to rely again, to fit the suit, I'd walk in with other people of my age playing the dad or the grandpa. And I, I am not limited by that when I get to be Yakko. Yeah! Or when I get to be Carl. Or when I get to be Pinky or Raphael or Snowball or any of them. And man, the coolest kid. Look what's happening, you guys. All I have to say to these two sweet kids is, Narv. <laughs> what happens to him? It's the greatest thing in the world, man. So, yeah, I, I can't even tell you guys how, how grateful I am. When I hear you talk, especially when you're, you're doing your different uh, characters, it literally brings me back to my childhood. And that, that's what's fun for me. It's nostalgic. Drew, I, with a capital N. And I, I was doing an interview today with a young lady on the Hallmark Channel. And um, she's probably, I don't know, 25. Uh, and... For whatever reason, she loves Carl Weezer, that little chubby guy from Jimmy Neutron. And she mentioned it. So I started talking like this to her. And I mean, she smiled so quickly and it was, it, it, she couldn't help it. It was um, organic. Um, and then she just turned pink. I mean, she just was like, oh my God, oh my God. Then she started to get a little bit tearful, but it was... It was so authentically beautiful, and it happens a lot, more than you would expect. Um, I think precisely because it gets people right where they live. And smells, sounds, songs, cartoon characters, anything like that that is, has been uh, integral to mm -hmm. one's childhood, where they're mm -hmm. developing, as much as sad memories, um, really hit you. And so when I meet people who, virtually it's usually like you guys and me. I, I had my mom and dad both, you know, were together. They loved my siblings and me. Um, I had I've never been to rehab. Day's not over. But, you know, no issue. And, and yet I had the great good fortune of working with many well-known actors and still do. And I remember I got to work with Mel Blanc twice. The first time was the only time I asked him to to do something. And I sat next to him, he's probably late seventies. He passed away, I think at 81. Um, but I remember sitting next to him and saying, Mr. Blank, like anyone with a pulse, I am such a fan. If it's not too much trouble, would you, and before I got it out of my mouth, you guys, he looks at me and says, yeah, what's up doc? <laughs> I, I, I really, I did that. I mean, I, it was, it was remarkable how it affected me. And immediately I was back at, um, uh, in, in Livonia, Michigan, eating Cocoa Krispies and watching Looney Tunes. Uh, honestly, you guys, it is, uh, it's really difficult to quantify how that makes me feel, that yeah. people will not only be so genuine with their, with their kind remarks, but often they'll tell me that but for Pinky and the Brain, or Ninja Turtles, or Animaniacs, or Goof Troop, or Darkwing Duck, that their childhood was an absolute frickin' mess. Mm -hmm. And that 
seminal shows, animation and otherwise, got them through whatever. Yeah. Well, and I'm it, telling you, it, it's impossible to quantify that. It's the joy. There's a joy that it brings to people's lives. And yep. and I think especially too, as you were mentioning before, when kids are at an age, they're at a very impressionable, impressionable age, um, to have something like that that can be exciting, fun, characters oh. that they can try and emulate, um, it's it's pretty exciting, but it brings joy. And that they life. relate to. And as you said, it is an organic kind of it pure is. joy. It, you know? it, it, and you're both right. It, it's um, I, I will never get used to the kindness of people, how genuine they are. And I don't want to. I, I will never take that for granted. And every time, without fail, it's joy. It, it, oh my God, today it happened at Lowe's today in Simi Valley. I, I wanted to pick something up and um, I signed my name and she said, are you an actor? I said, well, I'm a, I do cartoon voices. Oh my God, you're, you're Yakko. <laughs> so I sure am. I sure am. <laughs> and immediately <laughs> she just let out this and then, you know, of course, covered her mouth. But it's always utter joy. Really, I, I truly can't imagine a better way to go through life. I'm, our job is to be in the happy business. You know, we're pretty much blue-collar workers in the dream factory. We're not movie stars. Um, we're not TV stars. We all make a nice living. We work all the time. But the upshot of this whole gig is, is joy. And, and um, man, I can't get enough of it, you know? Well, and let's not fool anybody. I mean... You're all a little crazy with these voices you come up with. They're I mean, totally insaney. <laughs> yeah. oh, hey, write that down. <laughs> I've even got baloney in my slacks. And I'm glad to see. I'm happy to see it too. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, but you're right. It is totally insaney. And yeah, we're a little bit tweaked. But I think what one needs to be in this realm is, um, I think, a little bit of Jonathan Winters, Robin Williams, that type of vibe, where you are literally unencumbered by your self-awareness mm -hmm. um, that you are absolutely free to not be encumbered by being an average looking 60 year old guy from Detroit that when it comes, comes time to work, if you're a talking mouse or a talking avocado or mm -hmm. uh, you sing like some weird critter who lives in a water tower and you mention all the countries of the world, you cannot be encumbered by your robbedness. And also the fact that you don't even, a lot of people, they don't even speak the same language as you, but they know your characters. Mm -hmm. They know your, your they voice. Know the voice. Oh my God. Boy, Ninja Turtles, Las Tortugas Ninjas, Kawabunga, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's true. Um, Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, it's, they are ubiquitous, international, and as you said, utterly um, uh, have nothing to do often mm -hmm. with language. Um, mm -hmm. That. Silly, I shouldn't say that, that wonderful song that Randy Rogel wrote about all the countries of the world, that little two and a half minute cartoon, I think one could argue that it is a seminal piece of American art. I remember American, from when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. And people don't need to know anything about Animaniacs, but watch it and say, oh my God, that guy's, what a song. Two and a half minutes, brilliantly directed by Rusty Mills, 40-piece orchestra, great music, brilliant song, and the little guy dances around, it's a done, he rolls up in the map and off you go. It's yeah. fantastic. So clever. And I have to say, the new batch, I have not seen any episodes yet. I've only seen the two trailers that have dropped, both of which have gotten like, 
I don't know, mm-hmm. 7 million views or something. We're so um, excited for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. I, I talked the, the, um, yesterday. I talked to a girl from Broadway World doing an interview, and, and she said, oh, I've seen two interviews, uh, or rather two uh, episodes front to back. And she said, I, I was blown away. Um, and all I tell people is don't, don't bet against Steven Spielberg. <laughs> it's so sweet when people approach me and say, oh, my gosh. Mr. Paulson, don't you ever get tired of singing that Countries of the World song or, wow, you're doing press. I'm sorry. You know, I'm really sorry, but we'll try to make it brief. Are you blanking kidding me? (laughs) This is what we work for. I I will never get tired of singing that song. It's my stairway to heaven. You know, when we do Animaniacs in concert with Randy Rogel, who wrote that and many others with orchestras around the country when we're not doing COVID con, um, that is generally, of course, for obvious reasons, our final song. And the people go insane. Mm-hmm. They totally insane as it were. <laughs> and, and, it, the, and the breadth of the audience is maybe 10 years old to 70. Which is people what are, really impresses me. When you have oh God. like three generations that can be enjoying the, the same show, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's a feat that not many people can accomplish in their lives. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, you, have you always been this way? Because we've, we've talked to you several times now and every single time you were so generous and so passionate. Like we know it's not just for press or for interviews yeah. or anything. We know yeah. it's real. Have you always realized the, you know, the impact of your work and your passion was you know, or was there a tipping point or, or a turning no, point? No, I, I, I think as they say, my I remember my mother used to get she re, saved my report cards and she used to say, "Well, the re, the one recurring thing every year from second grade on is Rob has a sunny disposition." <laughs> so apparently, I have a sunny I know what that disposition. Means. Yeah, so we, we did too, but uh, that just means, you know, in a polite way, you like to get into trouble a little bit. Exactly right. I, I often tell people I get paid to do it. used to get me in trouble in seventh grade, and, and certainly I wasn't disruptive. It was more of, a, of, a, of an impish sort of thing. I had my German teacher. I could not resist trying to mock his pretty thick accent. Um, Can we hear it? Uh, yeah, but I stole it from the Mr. Close, Herr Close. Yeah. Uh, to use as Dr. Scratch and Sniff on the, yeah. on the, uh, and the maniacs because I did a combination of uh, hair clothes and uh, Dr. Strangelove. Um, I'm a Peter Sellers <laughs> nice. geek. But yes, Linda, in, in answer to your question, I, I think um, because I was reared in a family that uh, I'm only a second generation American. Both sets of grandparents came uh, from Denmark and Macedonia. So Northern and Eastern Europe through Ellis Island, like millions of other immigrants to Canada and the United States and Mexico, Panama, Haiti, I can't help myself. It just starts happening. (laughs) Um, But we were, it was made very clear to us that you guys, you, Mike, Lori, and Shelley, Rob, won the lottery just by being born in this country to parents who love you um, and grandparents who were courageous enough to do what my grandparents did and mm. millions of others. And my mother would often get tearful when my grandparents were gone. I remember um, one of the years I was nominated for an Emmy, we took my mom with us uh, to Radio City, which was where they held the, the ceremony that year. I didn't win. I ultimately did the next year, but that year I didn't win. But I remember walking down the, the carpet and my son was escorting my mother 
And I remember so clearly my mother getting tearful, recounting the story about, oh my God, if your grandparents could see this, sorry, that's my parole officer. If your grandparents could see this and what has happened as a result of their courage, they would lose their minds. You're, you're at Radio City Music Hall in Manhattan, nominated for an Emmy because you ended up following your passion because mm-hmm. my parents and your dad's parents had the guts to come here. I mean, yeah. I, I really am living the American dream. So my point is that I, was, I knew that early on. When one decides to become a performer or a writer or, um, you know, something in the arts or something that is not a sure bet, it is often a relatively courageous thing and, and even off, more often results in some dissension. I am the oldest in my family. I had been accepted at the University of Michigan. I went for the first year, didn't really attend class because my Jones was performing. I was writing music in a different, you know, in a band at, uh, on weekends and rehearsing too much during the week. And I remember coming home and telling my parents after the first year, I love Ann Arbor, but you're wasting your money and my time because the fact is that I am ready. I had been on the, you know, on, on the road doing some theater and I wanted to do more. So I was 19 and, and I, I clearly remember my dad especially being pretty upset, ultimately saying, look, you're old enough to be drafted. You're old enough to vote. If you got to do this, I would prefer you didn't. But the money that follows you to Ann Arbor doesn't follow you to Hollywood, son. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, I'm so sorry. I said, no, I get that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. But my desire to do what my parents had inspired me to do, moreover, my grandparents, by saying, well, wait a minute, my grandparents came from Macedonia and Denmark, not speaking language, not knowing anybody. And to my dad's credit, uh, he's gone now, but he made it clear that he said, boy, am I glad you didn't listen to me. Yeah. So it probably took me five years to get to the place where I could make a living. And by that, I mean a better quality of ramen. But I was making a living without having to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But in those days, 40 grand was a living. Yeah. You know, sharing an apartment with somebody else and finding a way to make enough money. But never, ever did I consider not doing it um, because the, the excitement of the whole process was what my Jones was, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I surrounded myself immediately by, with my tribe, other actors, workshops, mm-hmm. theater groups, um, people who were of a like mind. We would buoy each other when we had five callbacks for a series and we didn't get it. And we would celebrate each other's wins when somebody would get a series. With respect to my career, when, um, when it would get slow or go south or I'd be broke again or whatever, I reminded myself that nobody ever put a gun to my head to be an actor. This was my choice. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of chuckling going, holy smoke, I have five cents in my pocket and nothing in my bank account. This is it, dude. There's nothing you can buy with all the money you have in the world. You have one nickel. You can't even buy a potato.
ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. <laughs> Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. I came here when I had no encumbrances, um, emotional or financial or otherwise, and I could afford to spend, to be selfish, to make it about me. Um, now it's wonderful because it's shifted and nice folks like you make it about me for a few minutes, mm -hmm. but it's really not. It's about these characters and, and my part in them and the incredible team that makes this happen. And I'm riding this lovely new wave with the king of Hollywood 25 years later. He's 74, 73. And Steven says, hey, Tress, Rob, Jess, Maurice, you guys want to do this again? What? Uh, and, the, and the audience is exponentially larger than it was mm -hmm. when you guys first saw it. He is so hands-on. Um, in, in this and the original one. Yeah. So with all due respect, part of Steven's genius is knowing whom to hire and turning them loose. And you just don't say no to Spielberg. Never. <laughs> I love it when... I'm, I'm still waiting for my call. Yeah, I'll tell him. I'll say, you guys... Hey, Steve. Steve. Um, Lynn and Drew are really excited. Would you just give him a quick call? You know, you know, um, no big deal. Uh, or, or maybe Kate could call, you know. In the last 40 years, a lot has changed. Also, yeah. the technology age has changed things. Um, yet, so many people still get that same joy from the same shows and the same characters. Mm -hmm. So how has that affected you when, as you move through your career um, from 40 years ago until now? Have you had to adapt how you approach characters based on how society has changed? Or do you find keeping things the way that they classically were for you is, is the bread and butter that really has made you successful? Excellent question. And yes, the latter. I, I don't change my process at all. Um, I am unfettered by my robness still. Uh, I know how to turn into the 10-year-old that is utterly enchanted by pretty much everything. And I don't ever want to lose that. And, and I would submit, I would suggest that all of you out there, and I know these two kids haven't and won't, that's what makes you fresh or it's what keeps you fresh. Don't ever lose that ability to be amazed, that sense of wonder. Um, Mr. Spielberg hasn't. Um, and I don't think Walt Disney did. I think that's part of what makes us able to do this as we get older. Um, but no, I haven't changed anything. There's a point at which a studio executive says to Yakko, she holds up what is an, an iPad, or seems to be, and she said, in this tablet, or this tablet contains all knowledge known to man. <laughs> Yakko picks it up and says, wow, all of the knowledge known to man in one easy to swallow tablet? And <laughs> puts it in a glass of water and drinks it. And of course he goes, ar, 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 ar. quinoa wraps, queen bay, um, uh, the internet. Oh, we missed so much. But I didn't, I know what a quinoa wrap is, but, and I know who Beyonce is, Beyonce is, but I didn't know it was queen bay. So I read it and I went, I said, 
I'm so sorry. Queen, Queen Bay, like, like Green Bay, like the Green Bay. Is that what? <laughs> oh my God, that's great. So it informed my performance. You, that phrase that we're sponges and we are. So you're stealing little ideas from everyone you're All the time. To. I mean, you're, you're kind of saying that as if it's, I mean, it's your reflex and it's mm-hmm. m- maybe yours. But with me, I feel like I would, I would say, oh, that's interesting. But I wouldn't have, I don't have yet the tools to turn that into like my voice or right. the courage like, like you would have had and still do to look in the mirror and test it out. Mm-hmm. Understandably. And, and, that's, and that's an important thing. For, as they say, um, even in creativity, the first thing to becoming more creative is acknowledging the, st- the roadblocks. The idea is not to be the next Rob Paulson. The worst mm. that can happen is that you say, I want to try something else. What I love with that, though, is that, that that's a piece of advice, getting out of your own way, not, not restricting Literally. yourself by your own insecurities. That is an advice for anything in life, any job that you take on, any relationships that you have. And I think you've created a career out of what you love doing because you got out of your own way. Mm-hmm. And does that translate into other areas of your life? 100%, which is one of the reasons that I encourage actors and people who maybe have a little insecure insecurity issues is to to study improv to read about improv there's a great book called um by viola spolin she wrote the pretty much definitive book or books on improv which inspired second city um uh sctv in canada um the groundlings acme um the you know acme players um the upright citizens brigade on and on and on Mm. Because improv teaches you to think on your feet. It's difficult to be extemporaneous or even to speak with a script to try to capture an audience, um, to try to get them on your side. But to be a good public speaker um, is often a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. Or, or to be able to speak in front of your church or your synagogue or, or to go speak at career day for your child. Um, not everybody is a guy who can't shut up and makes their living doing what I do. Oh my God, I was a hit at career day. So when my when Ninja Turtles really hit and my son was nine and I'd go to career day, I got some really nasty looks from the other parents because the teacher would say, okay, here's, here's Linda's mother. She is a mortgage banker and she's gonna talk to you about oh, no. what she does. Here's Amortization, I'm so interested. That's right, here's Drew's dad. He's an attorney and He's going to tell what, you know, he's a, a real estate attorney. Okay, here's Ash Paulson's dad. He's Raphael. <laughs> and of course, all I had to do was open my mouth and I had him. I got him. But <laughs> you see my point. Not everybody does this. And so, yeah, to be able to get out of my own way, and you guys said it better than I, um, is, I think, uh, well, for me, it is essential. But for the rest of us, I think it helps you to literally be yourself. And if you are in your own way, you don't take advantage of this opportunity to learn. You guys, I've learned at the feet and the voices of Billy West, Maurice LaMarche, Frank Welker, Tress McNeil, Jonathan Winters a dozen times. Um, people who have, uh, you know, Nancy Cartwright, Dan Castellaneta, uh, Hank Azaria, all these people I've worked with John DiMaggio, who's Bender on Futurama, all these people over and over and over again, Chris Hardwick, people who are so smart and so bright 
if I had been intimidated by them, Phil Hartman mm. really helped me out to get out of my own way. Mm. But if I were intimidated so much that I put up my insecurities, I wouldn't have been able to soak in what they were offering me. Here you are. You've worked hard your whole career. You've, you're, you're at the top of your game and things are going your way. You make your living off of your voice and you make your living off of what you do. And then a few years ago, you got throat cancer. Surprise. So, yeah. What, what was your reaction there? And, and knowing that this is your livelihood um, and, yeah. you know, how did that affect you? Well, um, what do they say? Uh, we make plans and God laughs. Um, thank you for bringing that up because thanks to you, I get to tell my story. And as a result, we never know when someone will watch or listen to this and say, God, you know, Linda and Drew had this guy on, I don't know, it was Ron Pullman, not a, but the guy made his living doing voices that I was aware of. And it turns out the guy was basically the voice of my childhood. That dude had throat cancer a few years ago. The good news is he's okay. He's back doing it at a really high level. And my, my nephew was just diagnosed with throat cancer. I'm going to play this for him. That's, the, that's the, the beauty of what you guys do and allow me to do. So here's what happened. Um, about four years ago, a little better than four years ago, I um, had noticed a lump on the left side of my neck. Didn't bother me. I was still playing hockey on the weekends, playing golf, doing my job. Didn't miss a beat. Didn't hurt. Wasn't losing weight. I did a little research. It could have been throat cancer. It could have been lymphoma. It could have been a low-grade infection. I chose choice number. I chose door number three. Um, when I went for my physical, a few months after I noticed this, it was a knot. It wasn't like a goiter, but if I'd put your fingers on it, you'd have said, "Oh yeah, dude, I can feel that. It's like a walnut." Mm -hmm. um, but I went to my a yearly physical. I put my doctor's hands on that. I said, what do you think about that, doc? And five seconds, kids, he said, not good. And I said, oh, come on. He said, no, no. No, I'm I, I, I screw with you sometimes, but this is, this is not good. If this were an infection, you'd probably have a low-grade fever. You don't have a fever, and it's a knot. But here's, here's what happened. Um, and it is this, not even a silver lining, you guys. It's a platinum lining. I had uh, a group of friends, actors, producers, writers, for whom I was working at the time, to whom I said, here's the deal. I got to tell you what's going on because you've hired me. We're well into this show, not Animaniacs, but other shows. And I don't know, and the doctors, frankly, didn't know if I could do my job at the same level once the treatment was done. Their job was to save my life. But check this out. Not one producer replaced me. Not only did they not want to, it turns out they didn't have to. Nobody was any the wiser once I got through it. It took me a while to get back in the saddle, but I did it. And can you talk about what your doctor said to you? Oh, that, you yeah. About, about your outlook. Oh, my outlook. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. No, he said, in fact, it was my, my, um, my radiation oncologist from whom I stole a bit, uh, Dr. Henry, Henry Ampolsky from uh, Soviet, not former Soviet Union, from Russia, big, tall, good-looking Russian man, comes into me, says, uh, Mr. Paulson, as I tell you earlier, says, Mr. Paulson, I'm uh, Dr. Yampolsky, it's a pleasure to meet you. Let me say, first of all, I am certain we can cure you. Unfortunately, before we do, we almost have to kill you. <laughs> we started laughing because it sounded like Goldfinger. Um, like, you know, 
Uh, you expect me to uh, to talk, Mr. Goldfinger? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And that's what yeah. he sounded like, right? <laughs> so I started laughing, and he said, that right there. He said, don't lose that. That joy, that ability to laugh at yourself. He says, there will come weeks. I'm so sorry. I will do my best, but there will come weeks when it will be so hard for you to swallow, to drink water. We will have to put you on... IV, because you you can't even drink water. Um, I'm so sorry, but it will be worth it, I promise you. But you have to laugh. You have to laugh. And I thought, well, dude, you're preaching to the choir. In fact, I ended my podcast for years saying laughter is the best medicine. The cool thing is you can't OD and the refills are free. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that's the damn truth. Um, I have always laughed from my soul. Because I, I, I love that feeling where I cannot get air because I'm laughing so hard. And to be in a position where something that I do may have that effect on another human is a gift to me that is impossible to, to quantify. Through it all, I not only kept my sense of humor, but I, I, I stoked it, if that makes yeah. sense. I encouraged it. I found a way to laugh at myself. Um, even my wife said, oh, my God, honey, that's awful. I said, I know, but that's why you love me. You know, that's what, <laughs> and that's right what helps now, heal that's you, what, yeah. too. I think it's that's and, what I need to get through. Exactly. I was just going to ask if you could speak to, you know, how we can use more of that medicine, especially oh. now. I, I think Animaniacs, it's oh, just the honey. perfect, perfect time for it. We live in a time. Uh, here we are. We're talking about Animaniacs a generation later. We live in a time in which the phrase, we're all in this together, has never been more relevant for better and worse, politically, uh, racially, COVID. The fact that we are all literally in this pandemic together and and the, the desperate toll it's taken in a human sense and in an economic sense, we know that 2020 has delivered an unprecedented amount of stinky, nasty lemons to the world. And I don't think that's hyperbole. We are in the privileged position of being able to make a giant vat of lemonade to unleash on people who are so freaking thirsty to laugh. And we're fixing to fire up a bunch of new episodes of a show that has already made millions happy at the time when they need it most. Mm-hmm. How much better does life get? Uh, 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 this is a privilege for which I have worked really hard. And uh, uh, you notice the only time I get tongue-tied is when I don't know how to, how to make sense of, what, of this glorious opportunity. Moreover, on a personal note, you've allowed me to talk about my cancer and that's the silver lining. I am now the spokesman for the Head and Neck Cancer Alliance, uh, headandneck.org, thank you very much, so that people can listen to my story and they can say, oh my God, this guy who was literally the voice of my childhood didn't even know if he could talk. He still can't really taste food, but he's back doing it and nobody is any the wiser. Here's a little quick inside baseball. When I was back doing Animaniacs and I got to sing the first song of the new series, the people behind the glass didn't know my personal story about cancer and they didn't need to. 
But I got done doing the song, and I asked them, I said, if you guys give me just a few minutes here, I gotta, I gotta take a minute to soak this up because here's what happened. I'm not telling you this for any reason other than the, the wonderful opportunity that I've been given to work with you guys and Stephen again and my, my friends next to me. There was a time about a year ago where I didn't even know I could sing at all, let alone do it, and you guys, you guys just told me we got it. You guys just looked at each other and said, okay, I think we're ready to move on. That is a really big deal. That was a moment at which I said, oh my God, I'm really, I'm really back. We never know when someone is going to be so inspired to go through their own impossibly difficult challenge. Well, thank you for sharing. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Well, I, I think it's really great for you to share. And, and as you said, all of us together, the more we can relate to each other, more we can inspire or share our stories. Amen. And connect each other on an emotional level. I think will make us all a better world. Uh, well said. And it cannot be said enough. It's simple human kindness. Yeah. Um, as you probably understand and know, and maybe to you guys too on your show, we, I have a lot of folks, sweet folks on the autism spectrum who really, really relate to animated characters. Uh, about a month, month and a half ago, I have a friend, Leonard Mladenov, who's a world-class physicist who teaches out here at Caltech. He wrote three books with Stephen Hawking, all bestsellers, and he recently released his own book about his life with Stephen Hawking. And he said, Rob, would you interview me for the book? And we'll, he likes Pinky in the Brain. And we did a little fun stuff as Pinky interviewing the man who hung out with the world's greatest physicist. No. <laughs> I think I might even share with you a video or two of, of some of the, of, of a young man on the autism spectrum with whom I've spent some time. Right? You've probably seen that video. It's remarkable. And it happens all the time. It just so happened that his sister took the video of me singing with this young man, Anthony, who is autistic but, but suffers from crippling anxiety, social anxiety, to the extent that, you know, he, he really has trouble leaving his home. But a, a year and a half ago or a year ago, he wanted to meet Yakko because Yakko is his spirit animal. And for whatever reason, he related to Yakko and he connected to the music and the sound. And when his sister brought him to meet me in, in New Hampshire, she took the time to say, I just want to point out my brother, that's Anthony. Um, he just loves Animaniacs, and specifically Yakko. I'm not sure if he knows your name, but I told him that Yakko, the actor, is here. Mm -hmm. And he was willing to go through what you can see. He's standing in line, rocking back and forth, sweating, tearful, brutal to watch that sweet young man dealing with it. All of a sudden, Yakko starts to talk. Boom. He just transfixed with a big smile. Look at how he's responding to Yakko, and I am too, because Yakko's talking to this. Okay, but for 10 minutes, he was just like everybody else. Cut to me talking with Leonard Mladenov on a different planet than any of us, right? The guy hangs out with Stephen freaking Hawking. <laughs> so while my young friend Anthony is not neurotypical, but both Anthony and Leonard laugh at the same damn thing. <laughs> they are both transported to utter joy from, hello, nurse, or I think so, Brian, but me and Pippi Longstocking, what would the children look like? <laughs> Leonard laughs at it because Stephen Hawking liked Pinky and the Brain, apparently, and 
So does my young friend Anthony. Laughter is laughter. You guys touched on it earlier. It's not about anything but a deeply human emotion that we all share. Mm. So thank you. Thank Linda, you. For thank allowing you. me to share it with you. And boy, you guys have... Uh, have reminded me again that I've won the lottery. So thanks so much. And I just want to let everyone know that the moral of this whole episode is right there. What the world needs to bring us all together is more Yakko. <laughs> you got it, baby. And you guys get free tickets to the water tower unless you're arrested getting on the lot, in which case you're on your own. But we'll see you on November 20th on Hulu. There we go. There it is. Um, we will be there first in line. You inspire us as well because when we're not talking to you i mean we will have little voices and things that we come up with and just have Yay. fun let's do this new character idea new voice something oh just whatever you've been playing with let's go one at a time we'll go from you to linda to me and let's just okay. keep going for a couple of minutes to see what kind of weirdness we'll get out of our own heads okay. no insecurities okay. starting right. with rob you like stickers <laughs> yeah I, could, I, I like stickers too i got a box of them you want one <laughs> no because you and breathe on it where's your mask <laughs> yeah, what's your mask? How come right, I'm, 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 I'm breathing on you, but I got a mask on. I don't say mask, I say mask, because I can't say mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you fire right. away, Linda. Go ahead. A nervous squirrel? <laughs> oh, my God, that's squirrel. great. It's so adorable. Get off my lawn. <laughs> I don't like you touching my lawn. I spend all day cutting that grass by hand with scissors and you go and sit on it and wreck it. I don't know if that's like Arnold Schwarzenegger or that's what. That's fantastic. All I can tell you is, that, hey, Arnold, there's a squirrel on your lawn. Don't kill him because he's cute. I don't care how cute it is. It wrecked my lawn and I spend all day manicuring it just like my back hair. Yeah, but why, yeah, I know there's a lot of manscaping going on there, but I mean, you're the only uh, Austrian I've ever seen who braids his back. <laughs> it's new trend. I saw it on YouTube, on the tube, you. On the tube, you. Yeah, and then I got this gorgeous squirrel, though. Like, you know, like Slappy used to be only younger and smaller and beautifuler. <laughs> All right, I, I just, think what we're going to do here. Shut up, because she's so loud. And Linda, that was adorable. You know what's really funny? What would be really funny in that bit is that you're going, and then person's going, I'm sorry, I don't hear you. And then they bring out a giant magnifying glass. And then when your face is big, you say, I said, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. Oh, my gosh. The glass goes away, and they go, you see what I mean? You know? That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God, that's, that's so adorable. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Oh, As you can see, pleasure. you bring out the best of joy in us and, my, and everyone my else. My are sore now. Yeah, but <laughs> it's been so it's much my, fun. My pleasure, you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much to your listeners. And um, keep smiling. It don't keep cost smiling. nothing, and it makes everything better. I like the idea of coming up with new voices. This is amazing, Linda. I'm a banana peel. I like to slip around. I just looking at banana my banana peel. peel. <laughs> I don't know what the heck that was. It almost brings out your inner child talking with Rob. Doesn't it? <laughs> it totally does. That's he is fun. so excited anytime he talks about anything, really. But you know what? what is so great? That conversation, because look at the energy it brought to us. And just like Rob was saying, it's infectious. What he does, he... he 
found his voice, his passion. He uses that. That's his career. He's been able to blend his career with his passion. Mm -hmm. And all that does is bring joy to people. And you and I are still smiling and laughing well after the conversation. I'm going to go watch Animaniacs after this. I, I am too. Looking at Rob and seeing that everything he does is really just to give back to everyone else and the experiences he's had as well when he was talking about, you know, his his throat cancer scare and how that gave him a chance to reflect and then come back to doing what he does because he didn't want to stop bringing people joy. How does that make you feel about what uh, your passions are and finding a way to channel that into bringing other people happiness? I think it, I, I think it should make everyone feel like their work is important no matter what you do, I I feel sometimes like I always have doubts of whether my work makes a difference at all. He's he said it so perfectly, like he is in the business of happy. So, do you feel that you're still searching for what that calling is for you, or that or yeah, always? Because yeah. I guess that changes too, <laughs> um, right? I yeah, or I don't think it changes like the the end goal, but how I get there. You know, it's always like, have you ever used your voice um, for something you cared a lot about and got any backlash? Um, well, I mean, most recently. Wait. Yeah. I'm smiling, smiling because I know what example. Know. Uh, the one that jumps out to me would be, you know, we posted, obviously, during the election here, we've been trying to encourage people to vote and use their voice. Again, no matter what party you're voting for, we just want people to um, use their voice because there's a lot of power in every single voice. And I remember, you know, posting just after the election results um, were came out, we just posted, I posted about um, us all coming together and us all supporting each other. And together, we're going to have a, a great future, not being divided, whether it's politically or for any other reason, racially or any other reason. And I remember posting that thinking it's a really positive message, just about all of us um, showing some compassion and support. And there's a ton of negative backlash. And it was so shocking to me that people, I'm trying to say something positive and people were attacking me and saying things like as well, like celebrities should shut their mouths and just do their shows and not contribute. And I'm thinking we're in a country where, you know, we're supposed to have freedom of speech. And just because I'm on TV with a show, is that really fair to say that I'm not allowed to voice my opinion? Mm -hmm. And also my opinion was not trying to be political. It was just trying to say, I'm for love. I'm for equality and everybody coming together and supporting each other, unifying. Mm -hmm. And so that that was really shocking to me. Was it shocking though, really? I mean, I wasn't shocked, sadly. I I think over, because over the years, we've seen that. Uh, You know, again, if if I was posting about, you know, LGBTQ and supporting um, our friends mm-hmm. that, that are part of the LGBTQ community, and then somebody posts something negative, and it's maybe it's more less shocking, maybe it's more sad to yeah, me. Yeah, it that is people very sad. We're trying to be positive and show support. Everyone deserves to live a happy life, and everyone deserves to be loved. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't. I mean, it's really confusing to me why somebody yeah. would attack. How, yeah. How, you, how about you? The whole thing, like, oh, you're just a TV host or whatever. Why don't you stick to your day job? Well. Like you would never say that to a nurse or a teacher or a a volunteer. Like everyone is allowed to be multidimensional. Yeah, and everyone has a voice. I don't know. That's that. It's just very simple. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I think I think the the problem some people have is just that you know 
being on TV, I, I have a large social following as well. And a lot of people watch the show. So because I maybe have a bigger reach with my voice that some people think that I shouldn't use it. But and that's I, so backwards. Yeah, it's like it more is. reason to use it because you've been given the privilege to, you know, through whatever, through a very honest means. But, but if I was on the same side of them, whatever their argument was, if I was supporting what they're passionate about, then they'd say, yes, use that voice. So yeah. I think it's just the opposing angle. But again, too, I hope nobody out there is opposing our angle and our angle is positivity yeah. and trying to spread love. And that really is all it is. That's what we're on at home. That's what it's always all about. Yeah. And I hope that you're not discouraged or any of you out there are not discouraged by people who are trying to make you stop doing what, what good you're doing. I have a mission for everyone that's on here. Everyone listening and watching, I want you guys to all, as soon as you finish here, every single one of you guys need to go and do one positive thing, spreading kindness, whatever it may be in any way. It could be mm. messaging someone on social media that maybe looks like they posted something a little unhappy and just support them somehow. Or maybe it's holding the door open for somebody or saying uh, thank you to somebody. Um, and then sanitizing your hands out Yeah, there. of course. <laughs> whatever it is, let's all spread that little bit of kindness. Let's do it. And tell us on social media what it is that you did. I'd love to hear about it. DM us or, or post a comment. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So this has actually been really fun. Actually, yeah. for some reason, I feel like it was almost a bit of therapy today. It doesn't, I feel yeah. like all of these sessions feel uh, like a therapy session. It's like at-home therapy. Does that make me your therapist? My Sean Connery. I don't know why I did that. Aww. Aww. I miss Sean Connery already. That's all right, Linda. Just shit right there and I'll <laughs> continue this conversation later. You ever notice that with whenever he says sit? I know. Sean Connery, this is how he says shit down and listen. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much to our podcast producer, Brandon Angelino. Thank you to our sis and researcher, Annalie Bell. And Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson for our amazing song, our theme song, Feels Like Home. And thanks to all of you for listening. And thanks to you for thanks being to you. my sidekick, the love of my life. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that just gave me a big flashback. One of my favorite SNL skits of all time was Sean Connery and on Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah, one oh of gosh, the best. The best ever. Anyway, I'm going to go watch that again right now. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.